Welcome everyone. My name is Vida and this is Sri Lankan Cricket Podcast. A podcast where we discuss current news and developments happening in the cricket world with a special focus on Sri Lanka cricket. This is a special interview episode and I'm joined by my co-host Sohan. How are you doing, Bora? Good, Vida. How are you keeping? I'm good, Bora. Very excited for this new interview series. Uh, in this series, uh, we will be talking with a variety of guests about their roles and their involvements in the cricket field. And today we are delighted to welcome Estelle Vasudevan. Welcome to Sri Lankan Cricket Podcast as our very first guest, Estelle. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Honored to be the first guest. Happy to be here. Glad to have you with us, Estelle. I want to introduce Estelle to our listeners first. Um, for those unaware, Estelle is the editorial manager at thepapare.com, Sri Lanka's number one sports hub. And she loves cricket, athletics, netball, any sport, you name it. She loves it. But in today's conversation, we are going to talk about more about cricket, especially women's cricket in Sri Lanka, and pick Estelle's brains um, on that topic. Yeah, so now this is our very first uh, interview episode. So we thought uh, we'll start this with a little game to break the ice. We'll ask three cricket-related questions, and you'll have to pick one answer and explain us why. And uh, you can't sit on the fence on these questions, Estelle. <laughs> so you're keen to play? Yeah, yeah, kind of a uh, bit nervous about uh, the choices, but yeah. No, no, it's like at the toss. Um, yeah, yeah. don't so worry, they're not tricky questions, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> so I'll go with the first one. Uh, test cricket or limited overs cricket? Okay, so that's, uh, um, I'm not going to say which one is better, <laughs> yeah. but what do I prefer watching at the moment, limited overs cricket. Okay, any reason for that, Testo? Uh, yeah, I think at the moment Sri Lanka is it's less painful to watch uh, limited overs cricket because <laughs> test cricket is you know five days of difficulty and uh, limited overs cricket is limited. I would have gone the other way around. I love red ball cricket, so I don't know about you, Bora. Uh, good one. As a player, white ball, I do tend to be more confident in white ball cricket, but test cricket that's traditional test cricket, you tend to. Um, watch the game a bit as well but as a player limited overs okay interesting so 2-1 um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay we'll move on to uh, players then these two Ooh. players they have done really well in both formats so it'll be a tough one uh, Elisa Perry or Mitali Raj okay that's a really easy one for me I'll take Elisa Perry any day of the week did <laughs> I see the count <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've got uh, Elise Perry as well. She's, yeah, me too. She's just a tick above the rest. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was lucky to see how she trains up close um, at uh, the City Power Centre. She, an athlete, is all I can ex- oh, yes. experience. Yeah. She'll do the rounds and, you know, you could see her sprinting in. She's dedicated in that aspect. Um, she's played a bit of soccer or football as well and what she's done in the field of cricket is it's an easy one like yeah. still so Mira, i think you you are in the same boat as well aren't yes you? yes definitely oh she's she's um she's been dominating in all formats for the last uh i don't know for several years and um yeah. we'll see her for a few more years to come as well so definitely she's my top pick we'll move on to two men's 
cricket bowlers? Was he Makram or Glenn McGrath? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'll say this now. I'm a huge 90s Aussies fan. I'm still a bit of an Aussie fan. But of the two, I I mean, you have to have Vasi Makram, right? Like, he's like, he was like the bowler of our childhood. Uh, yeah. The way he kind of set the bar for fast bowlers and as a lift armor, swinging the ball. Yeah, you can't go past Vasim in the 90s, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Bora, Bora is similar with his uh, with his left arm, uh, <laughs> left arm swing, swing <laughs> spin sometimes with the A new ball. Spinner who can spin it. It in. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, still you nailed it on the head when you said you're a massive '90s fan. I think we all were. Of, I mean, Steve Waugh led that team, the Invincibles, as we called it, and then um, they were such a and I mean, Glenn McGrath, along with Shane Vaughan, led that teams. Uh, but rightly saying, a left arm off a short run-up, or it look, looks like he's hardly running, but Vasi Makram had everything. I mean, on YouTube, there's a video clip. I think uh, Roshan Manama cops it two balls in a row where he's struggling. So, and then there are numerous videos of Vasi Makram just bamboozling the batsmen. Same here. I mean, if you ask 10 great batsman in the era he has played i think at least seven of them will tell wasim was the you know toughest all of their face yeah so i think no competition there all right that was interesting i'm sure our listeners would like to hear about your background in the sport and the interesting story is how you fell in love with the game and talk us talk us through the listeners as well as your journey so far yeah, well, uh, like I think any any kid in Sri Lanka growing up in the 90s, cricket was a major part of, you know, our entertainment. Uh, I know I grew up, my parents loved sport, any sport. I mean, I grew up with posters of Pete Sampras, uh, Michael Johnson, guys like that on, on, on our walls, with posters on our walls. So uh, yeah. definitely sport was a massive part of growing up. Uh, I have an older brother, seven years older to me. So I remember uh, at one point in our lives when he started playing cricket, I think probably under 13, when he started playing leather ball cricket, my father used to give catches for uh, <laughs> uh, all three of us. I have a sister as well, old sister. So, I mean, that's where I think the kind of love for it came. Very soon, like, my brother was too big and too good uh, to bowl to mm. me. So... Uh, I used to have to do the throwing it at the wall, hitting it, chasing it, oh. throwing it at the stumps, all of that. <laughs> so uh, I guess it, it was part of our life, right? In the 90s, you know, because it was such a popular thing in Sri Lanka. And we saw guys like Sanajaya Sure really capture our imaginations at that time. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got into sport. And unfortunately, unlike guys, opportunities were not there to really pursue or to think of pursuing uh, cricket, but yeah. any sport I could play, I played where I was in school. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's about it. How how I got into the sport, it's I, I don't remember a time that I was not into it. There was no moment because it was like from birth, it was kind of there. Um, as a player, how will you describe yourself? I mean, I've heard Andrew Fidel, a fellow journalist, he talks himself up as a leg spinner i think so uh, but how would you have your as a player what would you introduce yourself 
yeah well, it's a funny story so while i was in school we used to play cricket a lot softball cricket as in just casually during the breaks yeah. and stuff like that uh yeah so they are mostly you know there's no run up and all so you can't bowl so yeah. you bat so yes. in school i would say i was a batter i could hit you know hit the long ball and stuff you'll be a sanjay jayasuriya uh, or uh, <laughs> roshan manav <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> i think more i would love to say sanjay jayasuriya who else right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah so after i finished my bachelor's i i just signed up uh, with sports just to play some cricket casually hardball and at that point i think i was much more of a bowler so i bowled like andrew maybe it's a writer's thing or a little no no you're right i mean when we started we all wanted to be a sanat or a mm-hmm. or a roshan then as we go along we realized hang on I'm a, I'm not <laughs> as good as they are I might be a bowler so it happened to me I became a bowler so I understand <laughs> I understand completely we are going to talk more about ladies cricket today so let's get right into it it seems like the big 3 cricket nations with new zealand are the only um, countries playing enough women's cricket at the moment in our last episode also we talked about uh, chamari athapattu finally Uh, getting to play some cricket uh, here in australia what's going on with sri lanka women's cricket uh, at the moment will you be able to give us a summary of the current status of sri lanka women's uh, cricket still yeah so uh, as you guys might have heard since the uh, 2020 uh, women's t20 world cup uh, sri lanka haven't played any international cricket since then so that's coming up on now 19 months in between that they've had one domestic tournament chamari athapattu and shashikala sirivardhana were fortunate enough to take part in the women's ipl that they had last year so those two got a little bit more uh, game time apart from that they've only just really had uh, they've had residential training camps in dabula and colombo uh, so they've had training and i think they've played a couple of games in trascord as well as uh, against some age group boys team so i think under 17 school boys uh, stuff like that so that is it over the past uh, one and a half years no international cricket uh, we are hoping that there will be a tour in october to pakistan thanks to uh, england's withdrawal from that series so mm. that could be something that uh, is in the future and of course uh, november uh, in part of november the world cup qualifiers will start so that that's what is in store uh, as you said chamari athapattu is with the the wbbl at the moment yeah with the scorchers so that's a little bit of i think a plus at least uh, in the fact that she will maybe get some game time good training mm-hmm. at least there before the qualifiers start chamari athapattu will have a good following here amongst the pretty uh, even the sri lankan contingent up here in I would like to touch base on your article that was on the women's crick zone yeah. magazine as well. Um I've read it uh, a few times uh, and you talk about it's uh, it's a lovely read where you talk about uh, Sri Lanka uh, women's cricket. Talk us through a bit of how that came about and what inspired that story. 
Yeah, so basically what I felt a lot is that nobody really talks about the women's team. Like, I mean, if you think about it, we hardly hear about it. If if Chamari Atapattu scores some runs, then people talk about the team. But otherwise, there's really very little going on there. So uh, actually, Women's Creek Zone, uh, they contacted me to write a story yeah. on the team, particularly because I think a lot of people outside Sri Lanka don't understand how if you guys recall around in 2013 during the cricket world cup sri lanka beat england and india for the very first time in women's cricket yeah. so that was a massive like it was a massive point for sri lanka at that time where they were able to beat two of the top teams in the world and yeah. yet from there like what people outside of maybe even in sri lanka don't see is what happened since then to now, because I, I was just going through some footage of interviews that have been done with players who played then and like immediately after the World Cup. And there were actually genuine kind of uh, hope or uh, expectations that during the next World Cup, that is in 2017, Sri Lanka would actually be quite competitive. Because we finished fifth in the 2013 World Cup. So there was hope in, okay, the next four years, they're going to build on this and really be competitive. But since that 2013 World Cup, we haven't made it past the first round in any of the World Cups we played. So not in the T20 World Cups and not in the 50-year campaign. So just to tell that what happened, you know, what, what are the reasons or what can we point at as the causes for them going from being one of the, you know, promising sides in world cricket, a team that potentially could have really upset a a few more top teams in the coming years mm-hmm. to a team that once again at, at the most recent World Cup, the T20 World Cup in 2020, Sri Lanka won just one game, they beat Bangladesh. Yeah. So what, what happened in between that time? So that was the kind of reasoning behind it. Um, that's what they also wanted to know from me. So I think that was the area of focus when uh, getting that story out. You're spot on there. I mean, you, you summed it up nicely. We were in the system. Up, I was there till up until 2016 and Bora left in 2014. And we've seen the progress of Sri Lanka women's cricket because we used to train uh, in the same facilities over those years. And uh, you were you were spot on there. I mean, I've seen how they've, you know, they've um, built up that team and... Um, but I haven't seen what's been happening for the last four years. But as you said, result shows that we haven't been competitive in uh, in international arena. In this article, there is, I mean, I've been going through, I've just a key area I thought I'll highlight. There is a glowing tribute to a key person, Harsha De Silva, who molded this team together and formed a strong leadership group. This is the 2013 or a few years leading up into it, uh, where the Sri Lankan girls were at their peak. But after that, it seemed to be spiraling down to which you've just enlightened us. Reading through the article, this brought memories as with us, because we trained a lot together. And there was, um, how do you say, the girls were always at the facilities training. Mm. Keta Rama. Um, the fitness aspects was led by Dinendra, who was uh, overseeing that um, as a trainer. 
even the use of the facilities in terms of uh, the nets the girls were always there you know up and about because they they were driven to a certain aspect do you see that still happening or where do we um, are currently in in the training aspects yep so one massive i think thing that has happened over the last year is that they have um, sri lanka cricket has a, been able to acquire the pisara uh, a net for the women so basically like a high performance center in kettarama this one separately functioning for the girls so i think that's a massive step because uh, as you guys may have noticed when you all were there like it's very crowded right you've got yeah. the guys and the girls and everyone all the time so this i think it's good because they have all the facilities they have the swimming pool everything the nets yeah. so they are able to kind of i think take as much time as they need and uh, train there so that's a that's a really good thing i think they have acquired it for 10 years if i'm not mistaken so that's a good i think a really good step uh, in the right direction for the girls vida um you might remember like the girls were pretty competitive back in the time um shripali she was one of the fittest um, going around in that crew and i remember like she was used as an example even when it comes to some of the fitness sessions that were in play so that's that strong crew that we highlight i know um, chamri atapattu eshani she was there so uh, yeah and they um few few names that come up that was mm. driven that they became figures as well that we looked up into like uh, i think you summed it up right at the start you talk about that celebration that's still in our memories because we see that as a you know iconic one it's like arjuna lift in the world cup but that was a big victory for us where the, everyone celebrating running to the ground kind of you know we, i mean it's a, a glaring sight where we say the girls haven't played i mean it's 500 days without international game that's a very um, scary situation to be in um, that's where i think sri lanka cricket needs to work towards promoting cricket um, as a gender equal sport uh, we'd like to provide more opportunities for the girls to participate and ideally i mean suggestion would be it forms under the sri lanka cricket structure either through the nominated provincial structure or a club structure where you got your women's and the men's team falling under one banner so there is accountability and you know there is a, a drive behind it to promote um, that's how i feel uh, should be i mean a lot of the dev- like the teams that we talked about the big 3 and the new zealand gen- that's tend to be the practice in ideal world if a strong team like an scc or ncc could feel the women's team that will be like you know the banner mm. where we promote what's a strong club still amongst the girls in the domestic tournaments going around would do you think ncc might be uh, close to fielding a women's team in the near future or yeah i'm not sure about ncc but at the moment i think last year we had a new uh, chilamarians uh, fielding right. a new side so they had uh, chamari atapattu as well uh, yeah. but overall i think the structure is supported a lot by the uh, the forces so air force have a good team navy has a good team uh, yeah. army has a decent team uh, colts also plays senigama is a good team i think senigama overall uh, both boys and girls they've got a really good system where they're getting some young players through 
So yeah. I, I remember this Kavisha Dilhari, who's currently in the national team, uh, playing in around 2014 when I went uh, with Colts over there. And at, even at that point, she must have been like 15 years old, very confident, you know. I think that's one area that we don't see in our women's team is that confidence to kind of not sledge the batter, but like be in their face, kind of that aggressiveness we don't see, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So she really had that. And you you can see that when she comes on to the international field. She's not coming in as, okay, I'm uh, 17 years old. I'm new to this. She doesn't have that vibe. So uh, th- that's another good structure. I think uh, Sinigama is doing a lot. I think overall we've seen guys like even Pulina Tharanga coming through that system. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. In terms yeah, of strength, Kaushal, um, also exactly, yeah. they've coming through mm-hmm. the system. Mm-hmm. They've got something good going on there. Yeah, and in terms of strength, I would say still it's the forces. So uh, from what I'm aware, every year it's either kind of Navy or uh, Air Force that really dominate because they have a majority of the national players. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of system. Because I think financially it's very difficult because what I've seen is when I was at Colts also, like, say someone like Harshita uh, uh, Samaravikrama, who's currently vice captain of the national team, she was in school at that point. So she played for Colts. Yeah. But once they leave school, then the temptation to join one of the forces is high because there you know you're going to get a steady wage and uh, yeah. things are going to be taken care of. So, yeah. Playing for one of the clubs outside of that is tough when when we don't know about uh, you know the payments and all of that. Yeah, I think that's a fair reflection because cricket it's it's a time-consuming sport. So you need time out of your um, work life. You need time out of your personal life as well. And then I think it's driven on the financial factors for the girls out there as well. So I think mm. that's a very, very valid point. Yeah, I think that's a good segue to uh, move on to um, talent identification and uh, and finding new talent. In your article, you highlighted the stark difference between when it comes to the amount of games uh, our girls play before they play for the national team. I mean, comparing to the other countries, we, we hardly play uh, any games. And we all know Sri Lanka men's cricket system has the luxury of having uh, a strong school cricket system to produce uh, players i mean quality players year after year right and uh, and how difficult is it to uh, identify talent to represent our country uh, without a proper junior feeding uh, system like cool cricket uh, for girls yeah i think that that's one of the major issues uh, sri lanka cricket is also trying to address from what i've heard is that uh, they are approaching some of the rural schools and giving out equipment and trying to start a base where cricket is played in a lot of schools. So, as you mentioned, in, in the in the boys' school setup, I don't know any school in Colombo that doesn't have cricket. Yeah. Every school plays, right? <laughs> yeah, every school plays. So, yeah. then automatically you have, like, even if, like, there are three good players in every school, you already have a massive group to choose from. But yeah. For the girls, it's that's not the case. So there are schools like I think Gautami Balika, Anula Balika, which are quite good uh, in terms of uh, they've kind of dominated that um, girls' schools uh, division one cricket. But 
it's not the same as guys because there aren't many schools playing i don't think in colombo any of the major schools uh play because mm-hmm. like you said it's a time consuming sport right like it's tough and it, it you need required equipment that's the other thing yes i mean for a you want to play netball you need a ball and a goal post you want to play football you just need a ball but for yeah. cricket if you're playing hardball cricket then you need equipment as well so i think that's one area i think financially there was a system in place apsaru uh, tilakaratna was i think visiting a lot of schools personally she and her team visiting a lot of schools outstation and trying to encourage them to start playing cricket so that sri lanka will have that wider pool of players to pick from when it comes to the uh, club stage but i think at the same time we have to ensure that once it comes to the club arena that there is a proper system there as well because like i mentioned in the article like i, I was speaking to sashikala sirivadana she retired last year so she was yeah. telling me sometimes there may be a girl from india coming into the indian national team who has played more domestic cricket in whatever three years she has played than sashikala has played over her entire career So yeah, Shashikala <laughs> now has been played for playing for more than ten years. Mm-hmm. So like that that is, game. yeah. So that that is a that area. It's all well and good to build. It's a that's a good thing, absolutely good thing. Getting more schools involved, I think encouraging us. Sorry, had a plan to encourage more big matches between uh, yeah. schools teams, so that you know that that interest also grows. but we also have to ensure then that after those kids leave school there is a proper system in place that will you know see to that talent and ensure that that talent gets to the, the national stage i think looks like the groundwork's been done there like you mentioned apsari going and you know promoting cricket among the community uh, rural schools and it will eventually come into the colombo regions as well um the more cricket spot on how you mentioned the girls needed to have more time of matches under their belts it's similarly to the girls even from the structures the the younger they start they learn the game a lot more they move very freely naturally from a coaching point of view to so the skills are already aligned and that's that build up of training you've got the girls who trained over 10 12 years of cricket in meeting it out at the international level and they already they are naturally ready for the game so looks mm-hmm. like hopefully um that's the, it's a good tick and we'll see those in the coming years ahead as changes yeah i think you're both spot on there i mean i can add a little bit from my experience coaching women's cricket here in australia bora and nestle girls they tend to come in groups to play and join a cricket club or a, or a, you know join the sport uh, players like elisa healy and elisa perry and their success in the international level they've seen all that on tv and they want to be there and especially after that world cup win um, at mcg nearly uh sell out crowd and uh Katy Perry f- performing in the final and the girls won the cup and they won the stage and all the girls um wanted to be there and we saw uh, a dramatic uh, increase in numbers turning up to play cricket for our club i mean chamari atapattu we can call her 
like Sanat Jayasuriya uh, of Sri Lankan women's cricket, right? And uh, that one and a half years she didn't uh, that she hasn't played cricket is a is a big loss for us. I mean, imagine if she had played few more big innings like she played in the World Cup against Australia in TV, uh, amount of interest she could have created among among women in Sri Lanka. Yeah, I think I when I was speaking to you guys earlier, I mentioned like. you guys started playing cricket why did you start playing right because mm. you saw the aravinders the sanajaya surias on tv you wanted to be like them i also played cricket like i mentioned at home you know casually whatever for fun yeah. but i it never entered into my mind that this is a career because i don't see women playing it yep yep at that time right i i don't see women playing it it didn't i didn't even think i yo uh there isn't it uh, it didn't enter my mind as an option at yeah, all yeah because yeah. there that there, there was no pathway so mm. similarly i think even now we are fortunate enough that at least international women's cricket is on tv now where we see uh, india australia playing but imagine how many more would be there if like you said like uh like the men's team every month there's a tour where sri lanka is playing and yeah. every month you see chamari athapathu on tv uh, and you know more than anything you think of you think of those girls career wise right one and a half years of their lives without that yeah. work yeah that's very no sad no opportunity to hone your skills because it's all well and good to train they've been training but it's not like playing right you guys would know cuz you played mm. competitive cricket right yeah you can you train as much as you want but you need to play yeah so that's what's sad about chamari i think and when you think about it like she get she gets this opportunity at the bbl purely on reputation yes but what if there are other girls who are good enough to play but they are not seen yeah. so yeah, yeah. It, it's no a lot of opportunity mm, exactly yeah coming back into the article um we talk about us not been playing cricket for so long um bangladesh women have also not played close to a year of cricket is that right estel or uh, i think they've had some a team cricket going on so they've had that kind of development side happening internationally i think if i'm okay. not mistaken they did play the south africa a team Yeah. So that's been happening. I think out of the top eight or top ten, Sri Lanka is possibly the only team that has not had any international cricket during that period. Okay. Talking about uh, appointments, I mean, we've read in the media, Hashan Tilagaratna is taking over in or in charge of the women's uh, team. It's it's a strong appointment. Also, um, Absari Tilagaratna, you talk about the. workload she's been putting in behind the scene promoting the game of cricket so another strong combination now hashan tilakaratna coming on board so it argues well for the game what do you think um, it, it looks on paper it looks like a right step uh, a good uh, step in in the direction we want women's cricket to be heading into yeah i think it's definitely the most high profile appointment they've had um and from what i've heard he's quite uh, good with the players as well my yes. only fear is that when it comes to women's cricket what we often see is a lot of coaches are also there just 
it's just a stepping stone for them to a different job. Yeah. So I really hope that if Hashan Tilakaratna is going to be given the responsibility or he has already been given the responsibility to take over the women's team, that it's not just until they want him for the A team or until they want him to come and be batting coach for the national team or they want yeah. him uh, with the under-19 or development setup. So if, if it is for the long term, I think it's good because as what we can tell from the success that Sri Lanka have had in the past, it's not just the women's, our women's team. But you look at Australia, of course, Australia's system is completely different. But yeah. Matthew Mott's been with them for, I think, close to six years. Mm, and yes. you, you see that around the world, right? A coach takes time to build and to kind of gain the trust of his players and to kind of build that. It doesn't come overnight. So I hope that, that that's what happens with Hashan as well. Uh, yeah. That it's not just, uh, okay, we want to give him something, so let him be coach of the women's team, but rather that it's used as a means to actually grow grow the game and build on the team. Do girls in Sri Lanka like picking up bats, getting involved with the game? I know um, the participation, I mean, there's a good following, like come the big matches time, you have more girls coming in to watch games. They love supporting the teams, international cricket. I mean, when Sri Lanka play in front of a packed crowd in Ketarama, you've got the numbers. But do you see the girls picking up bats, getting involved with the game of cricket happening in Sri Lanka? Um, or you still think there's more room for improvement? Yeah, I think that that again comes back to that whole, you know, the saying, you can't be what you can't see. So when it comes to girls, I think definitely, uh, like I mentioned, I was speaking to Shashikala Sirivadana a couple of months ago <clears throat> about this article, in fact. And I asked her, like, from the time you started, obviously she started at a time when it was not popular at all, or yeah. like there weren't many playing. And now is there a difference? So she runs uh, 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 an academy with her husband at uh, MCA. And what she told me was that now there are earlier, what we, if she saw like five, six players, now there are about 40 or 50 coming to her. So obviously okay. there's a massive uh, interest. I mm, think yes. there would definitely be, there's an interest in the sport. Like you said, everybody loves watching cricket, right? In Sri Lanka, most people at least. Yeah. But... To see it as an option to play, then you have to see people playing it. So yeah. that, I think, yeah, the right. whole, the, the fact that we've seen cricket on TV, women's cricket on TV over the past, say, four or five years, has must definitely have had an impact. Uh, and it's seen by the participation numbers from, from that one case that uh, Shashikala said. I think it's, again, it obviously there is room for improvement. And I think if there are more schools playing, then automatically that comes in. The whole big match idea, I think I was I was quite keen on that because that automatically kind of creates a kind of excitement in, in within schools. And even yes. those who are not interested in the sport kind of come in to support the yeah. players and such. And there's a hype build. And then that, that yeah. encourages more participation. So hopefully, I don't, that, that was before COVID when they planned to do that. So I don't know what the situation right now is. I think a lot of plans are disrupted and uh, they're they are going to have to kind of pick up the pieces now. But yeah, yeah like 
there is room for improvement there is definitely room for more participation that's yeah. good because um from i mean good looking at what has been happening around the world in australia the wbbl kicked off getting more girls participated in the sport in the uk we've seen the 100 kicked off that was a big success for the mm. sport uh, especially with the uh, females playing the game i think it increased more participation numbers those are competitions we've got to study and see it could be uh, a program that works for us the t10 fits in well because number one for someone learning the sport, we don't go back into saying it's a traditional game. You've got to play red ball cricket, test cricket, one day format. It's simple, you know, it's called the 100. It's just a new concept where anyone can learn it. And there's that entertainment factor. Mm. Um, it ticks the uh, box when it comes to entertainment, ticks the box when it comes to time. Um, so, it's different and someone is say it's not the traditional cricket that everyone speaks about and it might break it easier for a new participant um, I'm, i hope that i mean uh, there was talks of a t10 tournament being held in sri lanka is that right or is that is the groundwork being done for that uh yeah so there was a call i think from uh, sri lanka cricket uh, requesting for people who are willing to sponsor to come in Yep. But uh, I'm really not sure whether much thought was given to it because it, it was to be done at a, a big scale with yep. international players and uh, all of that basically like the LPL but a T10 league. But I'm not sure much thought was given to it because if I'm not mistaken, uh, the call for sponsorships, it lasted like a week. I don't know whether it's still up on Sri Lanka cricket, but... Yeah, so those things take a lot of planning, as you know. So I'm um, not sure that will go ahead right now, but maybe sometime in the future. But of course, I am a firm believer that you first have to, the foundation needs to be built. So if your, if your club system is playing five matches a year, then there's no point bringing a T10 league because mm. the quality there is not going to be great. And then when the, yeah. like, it's an interesting thing with women in, uh, I think, most arenas, right? So if I say something dumb, people will say, what do women know about sport? Okay, if I say something <laughs> stupid now, right? <laughs> people will ask, what do women know about cricket? But yeah. if one of you say, they say, what does Sohan know about cricket? <laughs> so that's, that is there a little bit. So if they do play T10 league and if they don't play well, like, you know, obviously something like a T10, you are expecting to see boundaries and that kind of cricket, right? Big hitting and all of that. If that doesn't happen, then yes. automatically it's a massive risk because then people are like, it's boring. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. So it could go either way. Yeah. That's so yeah if you yeah, have done yeah, the groundwork yeah. and you have the players and you play well, then it'll catch on and if you, like that's what happened with the 100 right mm, they have yeah, quality absolutely. players they got yeah. uh, they got uh, indian players they got uh, players from all over south africans i think south africans. Other really up and coming good team yeah, yeah. so yeah. when it's quality cricket then everyone wants to watch right i mm. know like while i was on call with you guys my dad is watching the test match the yeah. australia test match yeah. so if it's good cricket you watch mm. it but yep. yes. 
it could go the other way where they are not ready for that kind of thing and mm. then it falls to the cracks and every, then in future you can't pitch it because everyone's like no last time we tried it and it was a real flop mm. so it can go either way i think that's a good segue to talk about what's going to happen in the future for ladies cricket in sri lanka we saw in the media there's a possible tour to pakistan to play three games and the new appointment of the coaches and 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 the new training facilities which is a good thing uh, happening in women's cricket in sri lanka so looking at all these things what are our chances in the world cup qualifiers which is going to happen in zimbabwe what do you think our chances are yeah i think it's going to be really tough because it's going to be 10 teams and three spots they are going to be fighting for three spots and we've also got pakistan west indies and bangladesh among those teams so those are going to be the major challenges without i mean disregarding the others even teams like zimbabwe thailand uh, have done well in the past thailand in particular i think in the t20 format had a pretty good record coming into the world cup last year of course yeah um so it's going to be tough my gut feeling is that west indies and pakistan look like uh, the favorites to top the tournament but that third place spot i think we have a good chance it will all depend i think a lot on the bowlers in particular because of course the batting is going to rely a lot on chamariyathapattu we won't have mm. shashikala sirivardhanam because she's retired so there as that that's the usual so you you you're going to have to bank on chamari and hopefully she'll have some match practice coming in after the bbl as well the bowlers i think will have a massive role to play because the the conditions are likely i i think in zimbabwe will favor the spinners a bit mm. and we've got a lot of spinners in our lineup so i think that number 3 spot we do have a good chance i know the team is pretty confident i spoke to chamari she's confident because they've got a got lot of good good young players in the squad as well so mm. uh, be tough but i'm expecting them to go through they must be looking forward to play some cricket <laughs> you know they haven't played for a long time and i saw some reports about hashan tilakaratna is planning to play some practice games against boys teams as well so the more cricket they play the better they will get and uh, hopefully we'll get into that top 3 spots and make our way to the world cup i think we covered a lot and we both got lot out of this uh, isn't it bora i mean yeah. we were not up to date about women's cricket in sri lanka and thanks for joining us today is there anything you want to add or talk about still anything that we have missed yeah no thanks a lot for having me guys i just one thing i'm really glad you guys are doing it as guys because in sri lanka i think what i've felt over the past few years is that there's a tendency amongst everybody not not just the administration but others to kind of think that they care about the sport they watch cricket if the women are playing but apart from that let's leave it to a girl to kind of handle it right <laughs> so there is a bit of a tendency like that like because i've heard people tell me oh you should apply to go for the women's world cup things like that uh, <laughs> you should also it doesn't matter if you, you don't have to be a girl to care about sport yeah, at the absolutely. end of the day it's cricket right yeah yeah, yeah. The, it's cricket at the end of the day so like i tell a lot of people who ask me i don't cover women's sport 
I cover sport. Yeah, so absolutely. <laughs> as guys, you you don't have to think, okay, no, let's leave it to a girl to handle it. But in the more we talk about it, the more administration also will be pushed to try and give them because they're already investing in them, right? In terms of uh, facilities and stuff. So to just yeah. give them that exposure that they need and down the line, definitely it will be after. That's good. I think something I'm keenly following is um, the under-19 women's tournament. That's been, I mean, it's a lot of rescheduling done where um, it was going to be held this year, but they've pushed it back to 2023. Uh, I'm hoping Sri Lanka will be part of that inaugural tournament. I think that's a good stepping stone for the women's sport in Sri Lanka. Um your thoughts you reckon we'll have we, we will be participating on that tournament Estelle? yeah i think there were plans even before it was rescheduled to get a team together so it's good that it's been put put off i think overall it's a good thing because that forces countries to kind of pay attention to that that age group yes, level yeah because yeah. when you have a good under 19 team then maybe you can push your clubs get better quality players your schools yes. start playing more all of that. So I think it's a good thing because we do have, I think, in Sri Lanka, a couple of really good young players. I think there was, during the last domestic tournament, there was the youngest uh, player, if I'm not mistaken, in both men's and women's cricket to score 100 in, uh, in list A cricket. So there is a lot of young talent. That's raw talent uh, That's coming through. So hopefully uh, during that tournament, for that tournament, there'll be good preparation. and They'll be able to put up a good team. That's so good to hear. This has been really great. You know, we, as we, as I said earlier, we learned a lot. And um, thanks for joining us, Estelle. And uh, I think we should we should do this again sometime, maybe in a couple of months, and see where we are at preparing for the Women's World Cup 2022 in New Zealand. But if our listeners want to interact with you, where can they find you, Estelle? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter. I tweet at Estelle Vasudevan. So pretty easy to find. Don't bother following me on Instagram because my life is really boring and there's nothing to see there. So Twitter is the place to be. I follow you on Twitter. I think you play Fantasy Premier League as well. Is that right? Yeah, so... yeah. I haven't played uh, this season at all because it's so difficult to keep track of what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> But I think um, just to sum up, thanks a lot for still be, being part of our program on the Crick uh, Zone. We talk about, uh, they talk about you or describe you. I think there's a small summary of saying you're a cricket nut. So I think um, keep, keep that good work flowing. We're building a good audience with the game of cricket and sport overall in Sri Lanka. Um, and wish you well. Cricket nut <laughs> is the word we use to describe ourselves as well. So there's no, it doesn't have to be a girl or a boy to be a cricket nut. No gender there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you like to give us feedback, follow us on our socials and we will leave all the links in the show notes and we leave uh, Estelle's socials in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks, Estelle. Thanks, guys.